0: Welcome to the Free Retiree Show. My name is Lee Michael Murphy. I've been in wealth management for the last 10 years right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. People have always asked me, how do I achieve financial independence? And while the financial world wants you to believe it's as simple as investing your money, I'm here to tell you it's a small piece of the puzzle. I've seen four consistent factors in the people that have achieved financial independence. One, they excel in their career. Two, they manage their money properly. Three, they're able to avoid devastating financial mistakes. They can see through the BS. And lastly, they understand they need to learn from the best, the people that have achieved success in their career and their finances. Join us on our journey as we learn how to become free retirees. Hello, hello. Welcome in to another episode of the Free Retiree Show. I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I am sitting down with career advisor, Sergio Patterson. What's going on? And Silicon Valley's favorite attorney, Matthew McElroy. What's up? Great to have you guys on today. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about little tips to help save you all some money. It's in the holiday season. People are spending some money. But, you know, Sergio brought this up and he said, we need to get an episode where we can have some tips where people could just save a little bit of money here and there. So Serge, what were you thinking and and why do you think this would be a good episode?
1: Yeah, I was thinking with with COVID going on, a lot of people are buckling down or trying to buckle down or people may be out of work. So my thought was, well, is there a practical or are there steps? Are there anything easy that we could give our listeners to help them save, whether it's 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, 200 bucks a month, whatever it can be so that they can start to build up that savings. Because we don't know when this COVID thing is going to end. So that's kind of what sparked the idea.
0: Exactly. And so for today's episode, what I'm going to be given is basically five tips. And there are areas where you can potentially create some sort of savings. And for all of you that didn't hear our episode with Ryan Sterling, it's a great episode. Make sure you check it out. But we were talking about the power of not just saving but being intentional with the saving and how you use it, uh, investing that money. And there's a big difference, right? So for our listeners, uh, one thing we want to hit home is there is a big difference between saving money and just letting it sit in your CD, your bank account, your checking account. And then there's the next level where you use that money and you invest it and you become an owner in assets, uh, companies, real estate, whatever it is. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm gonna give you guys the monthly saving that you could potentially have with the tip. And then we're gonna do a hypothetical and we say, like, all right, well, what if we actually, you know, use this extra saving and invested it for 20 years and got, you know, an 8% rate of return? So that's the way you wanna look at investing in savings. And we're gonna give you all these numbers, but I think it's gonna be really helpful and it's gonna be eye opening that, Even if you feel like you're in a situation where you're not getting ahead and you're stuck and it's a grind, little changes can make a significant difference over time. So really looking forward to this. Uh, We're going to go to a quick break. um, But when we're back, we're going to be talking about savings and investing. And if you haven't done so, make sure you like our show. Share us on LinkedIn and Facebook. We really appreciate all the love and support. Uh, and we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we're back. We'll talk all about savings and investing. Welcome back into the Fruitsari Show. Today we're talking about tips that you can use to save a little extra moolah. Times are rough. We got COVID, got the holidays upon us. What can we do to save a bit more money? So, Serge, Matt, what do you guys think about the current times and how is it impacting your ability to save money?
1: Uh, I think COVID's actually helped helped us save a little bit because like we're not we're not going out as much we're not we're not you know we eliminate our gym membership that was like a hundred some bucks a month um so it's helping but it's also we have more time on our hands so i think i'm sometimes i'm just sitting here thinking about what i can buy um same thing with my wife so lots of amazon receipts so it's it's tricky it's like a weird position it's like it's helped us save but it's also like introduced some time to buy like we're trying to buy more stuff for our kitchen and like garage
0: setting up i don't know it's a really weird weird time man we're t- weird times we're living in yeah did matt McElroy say that it would be nice if he could put parental controls on his wife's phone was that something i think said? i think i did hear that
2: <laughs> oh that was that was my suggestion to the two of you actually but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no I, I i i i could use that control as well <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's talk about our first tip. And so a lot of these numbers I got from the U.S. Bureau of Labor, uh, and what we did is we took the big five categories where a lot of Americans spend money, and we're going to give you a little bit of a we're going to give you a helpful tip in each one of them to help save you a little bit. And overall, through the course of a year, it should add up to you know maybe thousands of dollars. And then we'll also give you the option of, you know, if you said, Hey, I'm going to be intentional with this money. I'm going to, I'm going to save it. And then I'm going to invest it. What that would look like. So first one, tip number one is food. So average household is spending $10,400 for groceries. That's a, that's, it's, that's a, point a year? Amount. per year. Yes. So you guys, where do you guys shop at? Give us your give the listeners a little bit of a background on where Mr. McElroy and Mr. Patterson do their shopping.
2: Safeway, Costco.
0: Trader Joe's Safeway,
1: Costco. Costco is a it's a nightmare on our wallet, dude. We go in there and spend you buy like four things. And it's like we've probably talked about this, but it's like 200 bucks, for like four things.
0: Yes. Yeah, so well, I'll give you guys a little report that I found. This is according to consumer checkbook. They took a bunch of the grocery stores and they looked at how much consumers' average spend was, you know, per visit. And so the top ones that came out the best: grocery outlet, Winco, Walmart, Foods Co, Food Max, and Target. Those were the stores that, if you were shopping at, you ended up saving yourself anywhere from thirteen hundred dollars to. a year on average. So simple tip is figure out where you're shopping and if that place is a smart place to shop. I personally love Grocery Outlet. I am a huge fan. (laughs) I don't know. We don't get sponsorship from them, by the way. But I will tell you this. If you go to a grocery store and in the speakers they're telling you how to use your EBT card, you're at the right spot. You are at the right spot. (laughs) Yeah, hey, but we, how's we your physical health? Here. How's your physical health after you <laughs> go Grocery Outlet? I think it's fine. <laughs>
2: yeah, and let's also disclose the fact that it is like 500 yards from your house. So. Yeah, that's
1: true.
0: You know <laughs> what? If true. it was if it was 10 miles, I would drive there because the savings are that phenomenal. Literally, I cut my Safeway bill in half by going to Grocery Outlet. And because at Grocery Outlet, you can actually search for deals um I think that 30% is just like average. average. Like if you just went in there and bought the regular items, but yeah. there's always crazy deals there. So I, I really don't think that 30% number is accurate. Um, 30% saving. I think it's really closer to 50% if you actually hunt for your stuff. The only oh yeah, thing- dude. Safeway is crazy expensive.
1: We uh we tested it compared to uh, Trader Joe's and surprisingly, Trader Joe's is way cheaper than
0: Safeway. And it's, it's healthier and it's better quality. Yeah, so the only thing with Grocery Outlet is... If you have like certain brands you like, it's they're not going to be there the next time you go. It's just kind of like a mishmash of all the brands. But hey, no one's know, going to grocery
1: outlet. It stop, gets the stop, job done. Stop pitching groceries. No, go to grocery <laughs> outlet.
0: It's the best. All right. So um, here's here's a list of the grocery stores where you end up saving money, and then I'll give you a couple of the ones where you spend more money. So on the saving money, grocery outlet, Winco, Foods Co, Walmart, Food Max, Target, and Sprouts. The ones where you are spending more money. So if this is a store that you go to, you gotta check yourself and realize, hey, I'm spending way more than I need. Uh Lucky's, Knob Hill Foods, Berkeley Bowl, Rayleigh's, Safeway, Lenardi's, and Whole Foods. Wait, so Costco wasn't on any of that? Because I wonder if it's because you get more. They so did not like, put they didn't put Costco you bought, on. You're buying show. it in bulk. Yeah, Costco's not on here, so I can't give you um, any advice on that. But overall, the main message is: look at where you shop because it does make a huge difference. I've seen it in my own life. I've applied it, and I'm very happy with the amount I'm saving by going to grocery outlet. So I'm not I'm not repping them, but there's all there's other options out there. But you know, really check where you are spending your money and try to make that change. Um, so let's look at the numbers. So let's just say you made the change and you were able to save that thirty percent. Like I said, I'm saving more than that, but you know, if we take the average household spend, you're going to save about three thousand one hundred and twenty dollars per year. Let's say we we're intentional with that money; we buy things that you know build our wealth. And over twenty years, if you get eight percent rate of return, you're looking at one hundred and forty-eight thousand, roughly. So that's the whole thing with you know saving. Like a lot of these changes we're talking about, they don't seem like a big deal. Like, oh, why do I want to save a couple hundred dollars? Because if you take that money and you invest it, you make huge changes in your life. So, so
2: wait, um, wait, hold on, go over your example again. You're saying if you put that three thousand per year for twenty years,
0: for twenty years, and you got an eight percent rate of return, you'd have one hundred and forty eight thousand dollars roughly. So there's a big difference. Like these are not crazy changes. On they look at you look at these changes. Like ah, how can that make a big difference? It can if you if you not only save that money, but you invest that money. So that's why there's a big difference between putting the money in your checking and savings and just letting it sit there yeah. and get eaten up by inflation, and actually you know being intentional and in helping making that money work for you.
1: And then <clears throat> for investment, like you're saying, should they just open? Should the listener just open a I don't know if you can give this advice, but are you saying just open like a Charles Schwab account or something? And then is there anything
0: specific that they need to do like with that money? There's different investment vehicles so um, that correlate to people's tax situation, but you can open these accounts up for your specific situation. Talk to your financial professional. They're going to give you which investment vehicle makes sense to put your money in. Uh, everyone's everyone's is a bit different, so I can't give you. Yeah, a it makes sense. So exactly it's not just
1: saving, throwing it in, throwing it into bank of America, but also investing that. Yeah. That, that, that,
0: that big difference in all this is s- investing that money. So let's look at the number two. What's going to
2: give you an 8% return though?
0: <clears throat> I mean, if you're looking <laughs> at, I don't know if I can give this advice, but there's diversified portfolios that do generate that, um, that have generated that for a long time. For long periods of time so it depends on risk tolerance right um you can be an investor that's only willing to take on you know uh a small amount of risk. if you're in a conservative portfolio you're you're not going to get that you're probably not going to get that rate of return right well, but if what's you're so, the
2: average conservative portfolio well let's just say well, what is that know, return
0: um i think if you're saying you know like you're moderate to balanced portfolio i think that eight that eight percent is feasible that uh, in like every there, there's so many different investments you could choose, but if you're choosing a diversified portfolio, I think that and you got to have a tilt towards stocks. You have to be open to You have to be open to the volatility. So it's going to fly around a lot. I think it's a, I think it's a good number to shoot for.
2: Hey, I, so I don't know if you can answer this question right now, but with everything kind of going on with the stock market being, you know, pretty high right now, right. In general, mm-hmm. uh, do you, do you still think it's safe for people to be looking to invest or to get into stocks right now? I feel like it's kind of a, a very highly risk time, or, you know, very high risk time because of all the you know speculation and what could happen in the future. I,
0: I will answer this a hundred percent. Yes. You should not be waiting to invest your money. Um, it's all about time horizon. If you need the money in the next five years, You probably need to evaluate how you're putting this money in. Right. But if you have time on your side, you say, I can let this money sit for five plus years. You know, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Could we have a huge downturn? Yeah, we could. But who cares if it's for the long haul and you keep buying up shares, even when the market goes down over time, it's going to work out for you. So uh, my answer is, hell, yes. You know, don't don't let that deter you from being an investor just because we might be at an all-time high. Uh, That mindset is what keeps so many people from investing. And you just have to look at the data of, you know, you know, going back, you know, hundred years and just look at that data and just, and you'll realize you're like, man, it just makes sense to be an investor and invest for the long haul. It'll work out for you. If you have that mindset, then you will get volatility, you know, like you, like Matt said, Mr. C- Mister McCurry said, like you could have a massive downturn. Those things will happen. But you, those are things are normal also, right? Don't don't act like that those things are going to derail you. It only derails you if you panic and you pull your money out, right? Have a diversified investment approach and be patient and consistently invest your money. Well, tip and
2: I think it's... Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: tip, tip number two. Transportation. So average household is spending $10,742 on transportation.
2: Hmm.
0: Let's look at the vehicle purchase, right? So when people buy a new car, the average roughly number that they spend a month is around $568 per month. Let's just say, you know, they go to the dealership, which I think is a terrible place to make any car purchase. But just say they do and they get a used car. You're looking at basically the average monthly payment of $397 a month, right? So um, according to Kelly Blue Book, average car is going to cost you $37,000. Average used car is going to be $20,000, right? So let's take the difference and see you know, what we could save. If you're buying a new versus used, I mean, you're going to save about $171 a month, right? If you go the used route. And I, w- I would also tell you that this is assuming you don't get a new car. You, you just, I mean, this is, this is, these numbers are assuming you keep getting used cars, right? I think the best thing is, you know, you get a used car and you just keep driving it, repairing it and avoid getting another car as for as long as you can. Uh, but let's just say you're saving 171 for the year. That's going to be roughly $2,052. If we're investing that money over 20 years at the 8% rate of return, you're looking at something that could give you $102,000 roughly. But I will say this, and I want to highlight this. Try not to buy a new car. It's, it's a, it is not a smart investment decision. You're better off buying used. You're even in a better situation if you can find someone that you know or online that's willing to sell you their car for an even deeper discount.
1: Yeah, on uh, transportation, something that we've done just from a practical standpoint is with COVID, uh, we've actually gone down from two cars to one car. So from a savings standpoint, we're only paying for one car right now.
0: That's perfect. Um, That's a it's, good time. To, it's a good time to cut down on the the amount of cars you have at your house.
1: Yeah, we, we realize right now we don't need two cars, and until I actually go back to work, I, this isn't for everybody. But uh, we're not gonna have two cars until I physically have to drive back to the office. But hey, man, I got a new car. Are you hating on me? I got a no, new no, car. No, no, <laughs>
0: You got that Facebook money? It's all good, boy. yeah, yeah relax, relax, <laughs> relax.
1: But I will say, Tesla is a, is the only car that gets better over time. I get software updates every month, and the car keeps getting better.
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. no, no I understand. I understand that. Like, That's it's a it's an awesome car you have. So I can't I can't disrespect that. So number three, we're gonna go talk about healthcare, and um, we're specifically we're gonna talk about prescriptions, right? The average individual, what do you guys think the average individual spends on prescription drugs per year?
2: The average. Of oh, like, well, what age group, right? Because I mean, if you're like, let's pull them all. Yeah, t-
0: pull them all together. A year? A uh, year.
2: Like 500. And are you bucks? counting medical marijuana prescriptions? <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you are uh, counting that, about 10,000
0: 10, a year, I don't know. So the average person spends about 1200 per year, right? It's not, not too bad, but let's, let's take it per household, right? Because we're looking at the household level. So there is 3.14 people per household. So if we take that 1200 we multiply it by that, we're going to come up with $3,768 per year. Now, let's just say we could cut that in half, right? Let's see if we can, what we can do to do This is the out of pocket, right? This is insurance doesn't cover it. Now, there are certain things you can do to help reduce your prescription costs. And a lot of people aren't aware of them. Um, And let's just take a little example. Like I, Serge, you're our boy, Attorney Matt McElroy. I heard, you know, he's, he, I can't confirm or deny this, but he, he likes to, He may like Cialis, you know, Cialis might be a prescription (laughs) that, um, Mr. McElroy, uh, gets on a monthly basis. That (laughs) name brand right there is going to be so much more expensive. So first step is go to the doctor and, you know, ask for the generic, right? The generic tablets for Cialis, you know, or let's just say if we get Cialis, uh, it's $2,000 for 30 tablets, right? um Is that right, Matt? Is that is that what
2: it is? I mean, you seem to know so much more about this <laughs> than me, so I'll Wait. let you go on.
1: Wait, Lee, taking a step back. All right, is prescription? Do you think enough people have a lot of prescription? Is this like a a thing across American households? Prescription medication, like we don't have very much. Like, I'm just curious. Like, well, you I guys know.
0: are you're you're young. You know, your yeah. family's younger. I mean, I'm well, sure. and also too, it's like older, it's only a hundred
2: bucks, right? About a month, twelve hundred a year.
0: Yeah, it's hundred. Yeah, so, it's not that. It's right. not crazy. But when, as like Matt said, like once we get old, old, yeah, we're probably going to have shifts. a whole cabinet full of that stuff.
1: It shifts. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's so, why so you got
2: to invest in your health now, right? That's exactly. So your right. your
1: tip is to kind of go off brand instead go, of going
2: with go the ones, off yeah.
0: brand. So here's here's what we looked at. So if you took the generic, and this is goes for all kinds of drugs. I'm not just talking about Matt McElroy's Cialis prescriptions. I'm talking about like. <laughs> If we go for all all prescriptions, there's a generic called Tadafil. Uh, tadafil, is that right, Matt? For <laughs> oh, we're <you're> talking <laughs> about first Yeah, Yeah. So. Like I said, you seem to
2: have a lot of dollars <laughs> on you. So I'm just going to let
0: you go. <laughs> so it, the average monthly for that is $261, right? So you're looking at a prescription that you would pay 2000 drops it down for the generic for. 261. And so I've gone to doctors for prescriptions and stuff like that. Nothing like what master Mr. Matt McElroy has gotten, but those, you know, they don't, a lot of times they don't give you the generic, you have to ask for it. So ask for the generic prescription. Yeah. um, The doctor more than likely be willing to write for that or help you find that. And then here's the other thing is you can go to the pharmacy and you can ask, you can use coupons. This sounds ridiculous because you think like, well, it's medication. It's pretty serious stuff. How could you use coupons? I have seen this multiple times in my own life. So there's websites. Uh, GoodRx is one that I use. That's G-O-O-D-R-X.com. There's also WellRx.com and CommunityCaresRx.com. The other two I'm not as familiar with, but I've heard good things. Um, I actually... Used this strategy just a few weeks ago i i I actually still get you know um acne breakouts for some odd reason every now and then and so i got a a a acne prescription uh from the pharmacy and they were going to charge me 270 dollars um which was crazy and then i was like are you kidding me that's that's crazy and they're and uh, yep that's what it is So I went on to the um, website, goodrx.com. I found the coupon for the Rite Aid that I went to, and it dropped it down to $70. Wow! I could have bought a smaller tube for $30, but the the coupon made that big a difference. So it does matter when it comes to your prescriptions, asking for generic and getting the coupons, uh, because surprisingly, your doctor and the pharmacy doesn't really give you a lot of uh, guidance when it comes no, to no man this.
1: it's intentional like Ryan you know we had Ryan Sterling on it's the system's intentionally designed you know they're not looking out for our best interest right yeah they want exactly. us to go with that name brand and spend the money on it
0: yeah that's which is crazy and so like using these coupons you can cut like up to 80% off of like what the generic would be. So let's just say you know let's do some conservative numbers. Let's just say hypothetically, you know, yearly average household is spending three thousand seven hundred and sixty eight dollars cut it in half they're spending $1,884. We invest that over 20 years, 8% rate of return. You're looking at $89,000 roughly. Big, you know, like I said, doesn't seem like a big difference, but over time it is a huge difference if you invest that money. Uh, next thing, entertainment. Wait, hold
2: on, before before we move on from that one, uh, hey, Sergio, did did it sound to you like Lee was trying to score a Cialis sponsorship?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you said Cialis at least 12 times. and. and <laughs> I don't know what's going on. there. See, Alice,
0: if you can hear me, Matt McElroy loves you and it is not hard to love Matt McElroy. So sponsor us. All
1: right, hey, that's, that's my pitch before we move to the next topic. Um, the other thing on prescription and ways to maybe avoid what about health and wellness, right? Like start eating better, start working out, start exercising. And maybe for our listeners, like I don't want to be a dick, but like the, the better I've eaten and the more I exercise, the better I feel and the less I'll need these prescriptions and pain pills and all
0: these other things. That is a great piece of advice there's a, there's a saying out there that treat the food and I can't, and I'd be totally hypocritical to say if I did, actually did this, cause I'm, I'm working on my diet my diet's a work in progress. But, um, if you eat right now, you don't need the prescription medication, um, because that will be your medicine. So, you know, that, that's the argument for eating right at this point in time. But if you don't, you're gonna need all the medication. So treat your food like your medication. Yeah. Um, like I said, totally hypocritical for me to say that I'm following that, but I get what you're saying. Um, next thing is entertainment. The average household spends $3,050 uh, for entertainment purchases. Uh, now let's look at the cable bill, right? most americans they have cable bills um, the average what do you guys think the average cable bill is what would be your guesses
1: average household 20 bucks um
0: for the year i'm thinking like 2000 or like between 1500 and 2000 a year that's that's pretty close so the average monthly is $217.42 per month so how can you whittle that down because that's a big that's that's a lot that's a lot that's a lot of money right there a lot of moolah. so here's some tips that i can give you that i've actually used in my own life that has actually whittled my uh, cable bill down to $40 a month so in you know this works for a plethora of different providers i have had att i've had xfinity i've had DirecTV, um, and these strategies have worked on all of them so number one is cut out the DVR. The DVR is the device that, you know, records, you know, it's a nice little feature to have, but most of these companies charge anywhere from 10 to $30 a month, a month, for the DVR. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cable boxes. So a big mistake you commonly see is if you have three TVs, you have three cable boxes. If you have four, you have four cable boxes. Each of those cable boxes, they charge you 10 to $15 per a month. And it never stops. You're going to keep getting those charges. So if you got, um, you know, two TVs, you're getting $30 a month. A lot of people have more than that. So how can you have a quick fix in that category? Use Roku's or like a device like a Roku. So that's what I did. I had four boxes and what I did is now I only have one box. So I'm still paying that, um, you know, $10 or $15 a month for the cable box. But I replaced all the other ones with Roku's. So get all the same channels on all the TVs, but now I cut out basically forty five bucks out of my cost by just using Roku's, my monthly cost. Yeah, man. We uh
1: we got rid of all of our cable boxes. Um and what we so we used Spectrum, and what they don't tell you is they have a Spectrum TV app. So all we do, we don't need cable boxes anymore, and we just yeah. use the app and it gives us live TV. Just it's streaming, internet.
0: that's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can get rid of the boxes save yourself that monthly charge and it'll add up over time uh, the other thing you can do is cut out the premium channels what the cable companies do is they give you these packages that automatically just start happening they don't even tell you about it and you're paying for like NFL ticket or um, all these other special like premium channels like HBO and stars all that stuff and you don't even know you don't even sign up for them really uh, you don't I mean you don't ask for them but you technically sign up once you start your contract and you need to cancel them. So make sure you look at those special channels and try to get rid of them if you don't use them. And you know, the next piece of advice is negotiation, right? So uh, what a lot of people don't realize is when you call these cable companies, they are very willing to negotiate with you and keep you as a customer. That's what a lot of people don't understand. They're like, sure. you know, uh, you know, I'll just pay whatever they're, they're charging. No, no. These people will give you massive deals. Um, take it from the cheap Asian guy that does it on a regular basis. I have a, th- I have a thing on my phone that says once a year call and bug Xfinity. And I literally do that. So, well, like, cause they
1: try to double your, when your contracts up, they try to like double your, the cost of internet and everything.
0: Yes, exactly. That's, that's
1: when you call in is when they try to raise the prices. Yeah.
0: And you, and I do it every year. I call them, ask them for the coupon codes that they have. Tell them that I might, I'm thinking about leaving, ask for the, so ask for the promotion, Uh, another thing is if you have a uh, provider you found and they have a good price, they'll price match, but you know, just go to that retention department and ask for a deal and they'll give you a a fantastic deal. But the thing is after a year, it'll go back up. So you have to do the process all over again, but literally I'm paying 40 bucks now and I was paying 200, uh, 220 I think when I first started with my cable packages, but now it's down to, Forty. I still get some special channels, but um, you know it's definitely more manageable. So let's just say hypothetically, um, you're able to cut off, you know, hundred dollars off of what the average household spends. That's twelve hundred dollars a year. That's going to add up over time. That's going to be a massive amount of money over twenty years. Let's look at housing. Now, here's the this is the one that's going to be the hardest. Uh, you know, for a lot of people. they're going to look at this tip and they're going to say like, I can't do that. That's just not feasible. I totally understand, right? Moving and relocating is a, it's a big task, but I will also tell you there has never been a better time in the last probably hundred years to relocate due to our new situation with COVID. All these companies now are looking at ways for their employees to work remote, right? So a lot of people, not everyone, a lot of people don't have that option, but a lot of people have the option now, to get out of the area that they're at that might be overpriced and move to another area. So just to, you know, hammer home the point, I looked at some prices uh, in the Bay area. So for you listeners that are not in California, uh, Sergio, Matt, and myself, you know, we live in the San Francisco Bay area, which is one of the most stupid expensive places in the plant on the planet. It's, it's crazy. Right. Matt, Matt, and Sergio, I know we give each other a hard time about this, but I, I feel, I feel you guys when you know we talk about like how expensive it is to live here. It's stupid, but the average household, you know, in the Bay Area was nine hundred and seventy-five thousand uh, in August. So let's, crazy, it's crazy. But let's just say, you know, you you make that twenty percent down payment somehow. You're looking at seven hundred and eighty thousand, roughly, of a mortgage, right? Which is roughly gonna be, you know, interest rates fluctuate and all that stuff. But let's just say that's gonna give you three thousand three hundred and ninety dollars per month that you're gonna have to pay on your housing, right? No matter where you live, there's always a place that you can move to that's gonna be cheaper. It's gonna be more affordable. And you have to and if you're in a situation where you really are serious about making a, a big change in your spending and savings, you should consider it. So for us, you know, I just use cities that were reasonably close by. So one is Brentwood, which is you know outside the Bay Area uh, or San Jose, where where we are from. It's about like an hour and a half, I believe, right, Serge? Yeah, that's that, like up and coming, with that? up and coming center city. Yep. Brentwood, hour and a half roughly. Yeah,
2: that's yeah, like so East that's Bay, right? Past like Pleasanton, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's past Pleasanton. Yeah. So that the house is six hundred and eighty-nine thousand. Still not cheap, but much cheaper. If you put the twenty percent down, you're looking at five hundred and fifty-one um, thousand, roughly, which gives you a payment. If you're doing the thirty year, two thousand three hundred and ninety-six. So you're so making that change from you know a Bay Area house to a house that's just slightly outside and still in a relatively expensive area it's going to save you nine hundred and ninety-four dollars a month. Right, that's a lot that adds up over time. And so let's go back to that same thing we've been doing twenty years. We invest that money, we hopefully get an eight percent rate of return. Um, that move is going to be worth five hundred and seventy-three thousand dollars, roughly, in twenty years. So, that's the power of making those sort of decisions. So, like, they're tough to make. They're tough to. They're tough to. You know, just change your whole life up, but they can make a massive difference. Um, we look at other cities like Elk Grove, which is in the Sacramento area, up and coming. Average house is 495000 Massive difference from San Francisco Bay Area. Put the 20% down, you're looking at 395000 Payment's going to be roughly $1,717. Think about that difference, right? For someone that's living near the Bay Area or in the Bay Area, to moving to an up-and-coming place like that. Massive savings. Um, Modesto, which is about two hours away, you're looking at an average house of 559000 Twenty percent down, two hundred and eighty-seven thousand, roughly, gives you like a payment of one thousand two hundred and forty-eight dollars, right? So, these are the sort of moves that they're tough to make in life, but it, you know, if you're in a tough spot, this is that ne- there's never been a better time to consider this. So, I will, um, you know, for the listeners that say, "Oh, I can't move," I get it, I get it, I totally understand. But if for the people that are serious. These are options that can make a huge difference in your life. So yeah, now's
1: the time. If your work allows you to work remotely, like we've been thinking about moving down to San Luis Obispo. I don't think we're going to pull the trigger, but there's lots of places we've thought about like Austin, Seattle uh we've definitely been thinking about it vegas dude like
0: mr mcgara you've been been looking at vegas right he's been showing me these these homes that are like crazy out there like they're well you just get
2: so much bang for your buck out there and i think vegas is you know when when we actually start seeing housing prices drop because they're going to i think vegas is going to get especially hard because of the fact that they're so reliant on tourism which you know that's just not going to be a thing for a little while you know i mean with the way the way the pandemic's going you know vegas will eventually come back there's no doubt but in the near future it's gonna it's gonna get hit harder than most areas yeah be like miami and you know other areas like that that are so heavy heavy with tourism
1: yeah and lee i know you say it's hard to time the crash but i'm just i'm thinking like for vegas the last thing you want to do right matt is like jump in when uh that's jump in now at the height, <laughs> yeah, and then high it times, crashes. Yeah. You want to jump into the crash, so it's like, yeah. And it's, how do you uh, cutting, figure right? that out? <laughs> I think it's it's gonna come. It's definitely gonna come.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see like what's going on right now. Um, it, you know, we, we've talked about this. You know, off off air, we've, we've we've looked at you know things that are interesting. Who knows what happens, right? Maybe the crash doesn't happen. But you look at the delinquencies. Um, that are happening on the 30-day, 60-day delinquencies, 90-day delinquencies. Those numbers look very similar right now to uh, you know the 2008 levels. That's that's interesting. You know, that's an interesting thing to see. But you see these houses that are still exploding in value, and yeah, maybe it's sustainable. But I think you could make an argument that there might be there might be uh, some issues on the horizon. Um, so who knows? But the main point is. You, you don't technically need to even wait for that to make a move, right? You move these, you move to these areas that are cheaper, more affordable. It's it's going to work out for you no matter what. Right. So um, just things for us to all consider. Um, but yeah, that's all I got today. Um, you guys got any other questions? You know, Matt, Matt, what part of
1: Vegas have you been looking at?
2: Henderson's. Yeah. Henderson's nice. And then, I mean, some of the surrounding areas, I don't know. I'd have to go there and actually check them out, but I think it's like Summerlin and like North Las Vegas. I, yeah. I, I mean, they could be questionable, but I mean, you see some really cool, um, you know, just properties. Some of them are really unique. And it's like, the cool thing I like about Vegas is like, say, hey, you go move there, have a nice house for a little while. And then you eventually want to move on somewhere else, right? I mean, it, when Vegas, the economy hits back in Vegas and tourism becomes a thing again, that's going to be an amazing rental property. Oh,
1: possibly. for sure. I mean, you could Airbnb it. You could do so much exactly. with it.
2: Yeah. yeah, Some people are making it where, you know, when when times were good, people are making a killing off Airbnb for just, you know, weekends and things like that. They're doubling their mortgage payment. You know what I mean? It, you can really do good.
0: Yeah. If you, if you guys that don't know Ma- Mr. Mammocoy, he would be the perfect Las Vegas attorney. I could see him like <laughs> with his, 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 like going into work with his tiger. He would have tigers to the left and the right of him. And he would have, have these, you like, seen like, better, call Saul. Shades. better Call Yeah. Oh, Saul. yeah,
2: yeah oh yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, i could see matt on billboard. like the park bench uh advertisement and like the billboard <laughs> better call matt yeah, you, got,
2: you, you guys know that car he had in the very beginning of the the season you know that little i forget what it was like the small. yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I had a car like that at the beginning of my lawyer career it was the honda civic i bought off lee
1: oh yeah oh you bought, off, you one. bought that one
2: yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was a yeah, and I, and I had gone in a couple. Well, of you remember when you it, put
1: so... uh, you put diesel gas in it on our way back from like a oh, basketball game or gosh, something? Oh gosh, the dumbest, oh, one he, of the dumbest news.
0: when he sold it to me. <laughs> 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 yeah, funny, yeah, funny little story. Like, uh, it was a long time ago. We went to a Warriors game, and then, like, I had a date. I think like um, we were coming back from Warriors game, and I was like all anxious to go uh, go on this date with this girl. And I was like, oh yeah, I got a date tonight. I'm so happy. I got to get back there. Go to the gas station, fill up my gas tank with diesel gas. We're driving like in Oakland, in the not the good part of Oakland. <laughs> oh, it was a bad. It was all bad. And and the thing just dies on us. And then like, yeah, the
2: and now Matt drives it. Yeah, Matt, Yeah, Matt no, I, it. <laughs> I, I I donated it after it, in my last accident in it. I got a few accidents with it, but yeah, I, th- I think Lee cursed it but yeah you know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever man it, it was funny i used to drive that thing and i used to i used to work in a really you know a really nice building we used to where um, our firm was at the time and uh I, I would drive in and it would like you know I'd pull into the garage and, the, you know, the, the, the guy would park your car and all that stuff. <laughs> I used to be so embarrassed because <laughs> I had this <laughs> shitty little Civic. <laughs> and, you know, he'd be parking, he'd be like parallel parking next to Maseratis and Mercedes and like there's Porsches, there's everything you could imagine in that garage. <laughs> and my beat up Civic that's dented in the front and the back. <laughs> I'm sure he even got complaints sometimes, like, don't park that thing next to my car. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. All right, well, we are all done for today. Hopefully, you uh, got some value out of the tips that I had for you guys. We are signing off. Thank you for listening to The Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, License 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities.